just a bit of a content warning on this one. This episode is going to cover topics that may be confronting. And if you do need support when you hear it, head to kidshelpline.com.au or for any time, any reason, you can contact them on one 800 or via web chat. How Are You is a new podcast brought to you by Pedestrian and Kids Helpline talking all things youth mental health. Kids Helpline is Australia's only free, confidential, 24-7 online and phone counselling service for children and young people up to 25. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of How Are You? I'm Marty Smiley, your host for Pedestrian's newest podcast and video series talking all things youth mental health. On today's episode, the final episode, we're talking about toxic relationships. We've all witnessed and sometimes even laughed at behaviours we've seen in reality TV. The blow-ups, the betrayal, the manipulation and mistrust. But sometimes life can be just as dramatic And when it is, when someone really close to you is being toxic, it can be really hard to speak up about. But today, that's what we're going to do. As always, we stopped some pedestrians to ask, how would you describe toxic behaviour? I suppose toxic behaviour to me is conforming to what we believe we should be and not really being true to ourselves and not really analysing our actions and what they mean and how we're feeling and what those feelings mean as well. Repetitively putting someone down um, and purposefully, um, especially even maybe accidentally doing it and then knowing that it was hurtful and then still doing it could be is like sort of toxic behaviour. Toxic behaviour, you know, bullying and stuff like that. When they're not encouraging and they're not supporting you in your lifestyle choices or like to better improve yourself. So I think if they're kind of helping you stay stagnant or they're encouraging you to make bad life choices, I think that's a toxic relationship. And that can, you know, those can be people that you still consider your friends. It doesn't necessarily have to be bad people. But um, yeah, I think it's just people that aren't really helping you grow as a person. When you lose sight of who you are as a person, and that person changes you, um, the person you're with, to some, something that you're not. And I've actually experienced that in my last relationship. Who I was, I was becoming, um, you know, uncharacteristic. I, I showed um, behaviour that wasn't me. Um, at, at, at the end of the day, I said to myself, like, this just isn't for me. And I, I think, think that is toxic. Like, that's my definition of a toxic relationship. Yeah. Have you ever been backstabbed by a friend? I think I'm very fortunate to have a group of friends that, I'm, that I love completely and that we don't really have any problems with. I don't think I've really been ever backstabbed by like a close girlfriend. Definitely witnessed it in other friendship groups, but I'd say I'm fortunate enough to have incredible friends. Have you ever been manipulated? Yeah, for sure. I think we're not really educated on relationships enough from a young age, especially as women. So when you grow up and enter relationships you're kind of blindly going through and kind of had to figure it out for yourself and kind of take those opportunities to learn from it, I guess. How would you challenge a person who's being toxic? I think, um, well, I'd probably start with confronting them and just tell them what they've done and how it's made me feel and maybe give them examples of what I'd expect in the future. Like, 
you know, you're doing this. Instead of doing that, why don't you do it this sort of way? Yeah. <laughs> Now it is time for the check-in, and this week we're talking to Conchetta Caristo. She's a comedian and improv actress, and she gets on stage every night and spills the bean on her life. And although people laugh, a lot of the time what she's talking about comes from a deep place of hurt. When it comes to toxic relationships, she's definitely got a doctorate in understanding them. Welcome to the show, Conchetta. Thank you so much. Wow, what a, what a buyer. Yeah. A lot of hurt. Let's talk about it. What was the toxicity level of, I guess, the relationship that you first saw modelled to you, your parents' relationship? Yeah, huge. So um, toxicity level was quite high. Radioactive. Uh, yeah, quite intense. Um, so the T is I grew up um, and I had an abusive father, so really violent. Um, and, you know when you're a kid that's just like you're like okay cool this is just my dad like you know what I mean you you know that it's like awful and hard and there's also really happy moments but you're also just like it, you're you're not just seeing the abuse you're just being like well this is just my dad and I guess this is just my life and it was really hard because to understand as a kid that like the person who loves you and is supposed to look after you can also hurt you is just really confusing it's really confusing yeah well when you were when you were growing up can you tell us a little bit about your family what your home was like okay so i'm italian that's where we start okay i'm italian a proud italian woman um and there's just there was my father um my mom and my little sister and me when was the first time you realized maybe your parents relationship wasn't super healthy i mean maybe just in like more teenage years i think i grew to be really like resentful and upset of like of what was happening like it was just really unhappy sometimes at home and it and and it just sort of meant that like I grew up always being on and trying to make sure that everything was good all the time do you know what I mean because like if things were good and dad was happy that meant the whole house is happy um so it just meant each of us were hyper vigilant, working around one person. Like that's a really insane way to live. It's like my life felt like it revolved around one person, mm. and um, and and that's just really draining, I guess. And so I think just growing up with that, I think it really hit me in year twelve. Like I was really burnt out in year twelve, and I was just like, I'm probably I was just depressed and sad, and there's nothing I can do about it, and oh, that's what it felt like. And did you have conversations with your mum about it? I suppose when you think about supporting someone who mm. is experiencing a relationship that is toxic, yeah, you know, how do you talk to them and su support them, especially when they're your mum? The hard thing is, like, I think it. Um, it was like a hard thing to talk about. I just feel like um, you would support, we would support each other and just being like, we're getting through this together. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, of just being like, I, I love you and I care about you. And it's just felt like you just get up the next day and you live the next day. Um, there was just this thing of like, it's, it was just about survival, I mm. guess, in the end. What made you s stuck in that situation where, was there an opportunity to leave? Could you have removed yourself? Could could your mother have removed herself from that situation? Yeah, I mean, people 
talk about that all the time about like why why didn't you just go why didn't you just leave um but you don't realize that like this stuff is all as much as there's violence there's so much emotional stuff attached like the stakes are so high sometimes and like um it annoys me when sometimes when people want to simplify it and just be like you you can just whatever and it's like no there's so more nuanced than that like my mom is like a strong intelligent woman and like just dealing with this and also emotionally like she's probably someone who's like vulnerable and sensitive and also is thinking about her career they had a joint like business that we have a family like there's just so much that means that it's so hard and even me I was just like I just had never could fathom that like oh I'm gonna get out of this I was mm. like this is my father this is what I've been dealt I guess I'll just I would think about like growing up and when I'd get married I'd be like oh the man I marry will have to be some like Italian man that my father likes and that'll be that like I just um mm. I just sort of like that's just how I was but my sister I think was a lot more different and she's was kind of the catalyst in what got us to go um and she saw a way out and then that sort of like once I saw that was possible and my mum too that's when it kicked us into gear and we were like okay maybe we can get out of this did it come to a breaking point yeah absolutely so as I was saying about my sister she was really like not doing well um at school and there was one day where she I think had gone to school but she'd like packed an extra bag or like a backpack or something and she like called my mom crying from the bathrooms at school and she was like I don't want to I can't do this anymore I need I like I I, I want I was going to run away like I can't this is wow. and so um my mom um was like okay that's it like it just snapped in her and she was like okay I'm gonna you know my kids are so, like I love my kids I'm gonna put them first and from then that sort of like got things in the works and I remember we were like driving to school one day and my mom was driving and my sister was in the front and I was in the back because mom would drive us to school every day and she would they turned around they were like hey so how do you feel about if we were to run away like I don't know if that's verbatim but that was the vibe and I was like is this real? What you mean for real? We, we can just go. And they were like, yeah. And mum sort of like talked about like, this is a lot of how admin involved in trying to do that. Yes, yes. Um, but I, it, you have to understand there was no light bulb before that of me wow. being like, I could just, even like going to the police, like I never, I was like, nope, there's no way that I'll be safe. Like it'll just, he'll just come and get like, I'd already like had blocks in my head being like, nope, there's no one higher than my dad. I just have to make sure that's, yeah. but that's my personal, that's how I saw that. It's a really courageous impulse by your sister to, to just come to a point where she could admit to herself, I'm fed up, I'm done. Absolutely. And it helped your mum be able to kick into gear. Yeah. Uh, and then, then you, it's, so what happened? So then over the next few months, we, um, we like, plotted like because that's the thing we didn't think we'd just be like bye dad see you later <laughs> you're a bad man okay bye like no that was we were like okay this needs to be like some 007 stuff okay you know what i mean like fingerprints and like special secret whatever so we it you dressed <laughs> up in disguises <laughs> that's right yeah. um but it took like uh, over a couple of months my mom got in touch with um like the, the domestic violence hotline and that is where i like oh so much 
like everything to for being right here is um, the people that helped my mom talk her through because they knew it was like very, this was like high intensity domestic violence. There was like so much control going on and everything so that they like met up with my mom secretly for like coffee and sort of like, you know, gave her like support, assistance, information, guidance of like how we can do this where you and your kids will be safe. And um, yeah, over the next two months, it took me like, taking clothes secretly out and like pack like do you know what I mean it was like a very incremental thing and then one day um after it was all sort of like we were like this is the day we go which by the way it was Halloween okay wow is that not special spooky. um <laughs> spooky absolutely um we w got up just like a normal day going to school and then we um packed everything and we drove to uh, a, a women's shelter and that's where we stayed for the next um, like couple of months while we were getting ready to then move. We moved into state. So it's like some covert stuff. It was very, um, yeah, very intense. But it just felt like this was the only way we were going to get out. That's how fearful we were. And um, you know what I mean? That that's like, the, it's like, okay, this is the option we're taking. Wow. How do you recover from an experience like that? Um, good question. I mean... Being out of it and then being in a whole new different place um, where we sort of knew no one was like the first step of just like being outside of it and... Um, yeah, how did that feel? It felt a real mixture of things. Like it felt really freeing. It also felt a bit lonely because I sort of literally gave up my entire life. There was like no goodbyes. Course, it was just yeah. like, it was so dramatic, I guess. But... Um, and it was just, like, hopeful. It was, like, I was curious. I was, like, grateful. It was, like, you know, so many different things all at once. I think um, that year away, because we thought we'd be there forever, but then it didn't really pan out to be like that. And we came back in Sydney, obviously. But that really, I'm grateful for the time where it felt like we could just be the three of us. Because my whole life, it had always been the four of us, like, my, us and my dad and so that gave us a lot of moments that were really um I don't know really like special and um it was just I guess I, I learned a lot about myself we learned a lot about each other and it's still happening now like it's still ongoing like learning about each other and figuring out our relationships to each other how does that kind of experience influence kind of relationships you start to build in new friendship groups in new yeah. places and with new romantic relationships yeah. yeah big way actually um uh and here's the the beautiful part like i uh after that happened honestly in my head i thought um wow now i'm out of that now i don't have like like this father who's like controlling me and beating me or whatever. I'm like, my life should be good now. Like I have no excuse. I can do whatever I want. Everything should fall into place, right? Like I'm just another normal person now. And I learned that it is absolutely not like that. And that um, what you go through as a child growing up, whatever your parents shapes you entirely. And um, that kind of like, revealed itself to me from a romantic relationship that I had a really really good one surprisingly like um I remember like my this sounds weird but like my dad would like you know how there'd be ads on tv of like domestic violence being like and I'd be like I don't even remember the ads but it would just like have that and my dad would be like 
you know, you better not go with someone who hurts you like that. And I would sit there being like, you absolute hypocrite. I mm. hate you. How dare you? And so, like, I grew up knowing that, like, that's probably not a good thing if you get into a relationship with someone that um, is violent towards you. Um, but the thing is, like, abusive, toxic relationships aren't – it's not always just violence. It can be in smaller ways, different ways, subtle ways. And that's something that I, like – got to learn about but um I had a, a a boyfriend who was one of the most like like loving kind open beautiful souls who like opened me up and we would get into these like patterns there'd be patterns where like I would be like reacting really big to lots of small things and it became really really draining and I remember he would say to me like I think you know, when I would, like, open up to him, he'd be like, I think, you know, I like, I love you and I care about you, but maybe you need to talk to someone about, like, these feelings that you're having. And I remember immediately being like, okay, if you don't love me the way I am, like, how dare you? I'm going to put you in the bin, like, blah, blah, blah. But then eventually I, like, got to thinking, I'm like, maybe there is some stuff that I, I, I love you. I want to love you and there's something that's blocking me. And so that got me into sitting in a chair and eventually, like, talking to a counsellor. And I'm going to tell you right now, Mr. Marty Smiley, that blew my whole world open because um, I sat in that chair and she was like, okay, let's talk about that. Let, let's talk about, um, like, and it, my father came up and I realized that, like, the work starts, like, now. Like, uh, there is so much that I've, like, learned about love and about hurt and about, like, protecting myself and stuff that came from my upbringing that was meaning that like having relationships was really hard and there was a reason for that which was really good which meant for the next couple of months I was just getting to like work on myself and that helped our relationship be better and it's taught me so so much I think often sometimes when we think about like when we even bring toxic into the conversation mm. a lot of people might be like I'm not that kind of person like that's not me mm. but they might be surprised by what toxic behaviors are. Totally. It's behavior. It doesn't mean like you're a bad person. We're all just like learning and, and like, like that's what I mean. We've just, it's what we've learned. That's how we act. And it's not until we acknowledge that about each other, make boundaries, call, call it out or whatever, um, that you're able to like navigate what's going on. It's behaviors. What would you say are some of the boundaries that you've placed in your life to avoid having a, an unhealthy relationship? ask for what you need and, and and it's a compromise and it's a discussion and and here's the interesting part you learn a lot about the person that you're doing this with of how they respond about you um having boundaries if they are like understanding they listen they're like accepting that's great that's what you want um but if they're like rude if they like shut you down if they make you feel crap if they don't listen and don't accept them. That's a red flag mm. for sure. Sexual boundaries is a big one as well. Totally. Gender equality. Yeah. As a boundary within relationships. Mm -hmm. um, it's like talking about it. It's just talking about what you each need. I grew up with like movies, whatever, loved it. And in my head, I thought that love was like in the movies where it's like, if this, if this person wants you, they're going to, like, do everything they can. They're going to, like, show up at your house. And they're going to – and w even when you're fighting and you're, like yeah. – they're, like, knocking on your window and they're, you like – You thought you'd get a knock at the door. Mm -hmm. The guy with, like, placards mm -hmm. and just, like, one by one letting yeah. him know that he's loved you 
for an entirety. That's time. right. Absolutely. <laughs> Love actually Absol- is I actually a deeply <laughs> messed up movie. But that's right. And I didn't. <laughs> I'm going to film her at a wedding <laughs> secretly on my camera. Yeah, that's love to be a stalker. What about that song by Sting where it's like, every breath you take. That's about stalking. Okay. okay? Damn, and everyone's like, yeah. everyone's playing it at their didn't weddings. Know that. Yeah, it is. Look it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's not But Sting. yeah, it's, do you yeah, think like, uh, yeah, some of those things aren't very <laughs> helpful? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like we kind of, I mean, that's that's what you're seeing reflected all the time. It's why we're trying to like destabilize the narrative of like rom coms and like it's like this way and this is because that's what you see all the time. The fantasy narrative. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. Um, honestly, it wasn't until being with that boyfriend where I was like, when I would do the thing where I wouldn't want to talk about something, and I'd be like, I'm not, and I would just like go offline and I would like go home and like not talk to him, and I'd be like. Why didn't you chase me? Why didn't you call me lots of times? Why didn't you show up at my house? Why didn't you surprise me here? And he was like, dude, because that's not that yeah. you don't, I don't have your consent. That's not helpful. Like you've said that you this want space. You're making it clear that you want to be away from me. So why would I go chase you? And when I heard that, I was like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? And then I was like, whoa, okay. Wow. He's Gary he, would turn up at my door. Exactly. Yeah. But Gary's a, a psycho. Yeah, <laughs> don't yeah. Be with Gary. I was with the right guy. So <laughs> totally. Don't be Gary. Don't be Gary. It, it's like unlearning that stuff for sure is huge. Mm. And I didn't even see that. Like, and I, and that's something that I'm learning. So Thank I'm you for beautiful. sharing your story with me. Thank you. It can be really hard to talk about relationships that are like that. Yeah. And the fact that you've come this far to be here talking about it. You yeah. know, for however long we have been talking about it, yeah. I think is super remarkable and you should be really proud of yourself. Thank you. I love you. How Are You is brought to you by Kids Helpline, Australia's only free, confidential, 24-7 online and phone counselling service for young people. Now it is time for On The Line with our Kids Helpline expert, Josie. She's taking a break from the phones to join us today. Good to be here. You know, this conversation around being able to notice when you're in a relationship that's really not serving you might be hard to identify. Can you see the kind of telltale signs when you're on the phone with someone that, ah, you're probably in a relationship that's not serving you? It can be a really tricky thing to pick up, right? Because um, it's really hard, you know, for us as a counsellor to have a think about someone else's relationships and the impacts that those relationships might be having on them. So we really rely on on the people calling us to tell us what's happening. And, you know, sometimes we can pick up on things or point things out, but really what's most important is what is that person experiencing? What doesn't feel right to them? What does feel right to them? And what's their preference for moving forward in that relationship? There might be times when maybe people call you on a crisis point when they're I don't know whether they're in danger. I'm sure you you know, refer them to the right service if that happens. But you know, do you do you get calls sometimes when people are really fearing for either their safety or the future of their relationship? Hundred percent. Yeah, and and I think because we're a service that's around twenty four hours a day, we get contacts. You know, when people are facing you know those dark times or feeling out of control or or have reached a point at which they're not quite sure who else to turn to. And so we can have some really heavy conversations with people at some really dark times. And we're grateful for that opportunity. That is what we're there for. And we're happy that, you know, even when people are really struggling, feeling really low and are up against some really difficult interactions with other people, that they take the time and look after themselves by giving us a call. 
what in your experience what kind of damage can you hear it doing to their self-esteem their self-worth yeah i think you know the word toxic relationships really interesting in in this space and and it can feel like you if you're in a relationship a friendship a family connection with someone who you've identified you know may not have your best interests at heart or maybe doing some things that are, that are quite damaging it can be really easy to feel like you're out of control um, and to feel like you're not in control of that relationship and how you hold yourself within that relationship um, and I think part of our work there is to figure out okay we can't control what other people do um, and feeling manipulated is is pretty awful um, and unfortunately we don't have a huge amount of say into um, how the people in our lives will always treat us but what we do have control over is how we react to that how we take care of ourselves and how if we reach a breaking point or if we notice that someone is crossing a line that we identify that line and I think that's a really important part of of taking care of yourself and making sure that perhaps you won't reach this point again or that maybe that person has a warning that this is the line is it a gendered issue in some ways like I know we hear a lot about toxic masculinity uh, sometimes to the point where people don't want to talk about it because it's over talked about sometimes in the in, in the media but the message still rings through yeah I think this idea of expectations that that um, young men have on them um, is can be really difficult to figure out and you know there's one thing to be in a one-on-one friendship or relationship that feels toxic in some way or feels damaging in some way but it's a whole other thing to think about perhaps I'm part of a society that is inherently toxic or a social group that's inherently toxic and that can again can feel like something in which you don't have a huge amount of control and it can feel very scary if you're wanting to confront that or change a part of that. We've heard from Conchetta's story that from an early age the way we see our parents relationship can often inform how we are in relationships do you hear that come up a lot definitely definitely in positive and negative yeah you know true. sometimes it means people are striving for a relationship like the ones that have been modeled to them and maybe what they're coming up against isn't matching that high expectation we don't know what to base our expectations off of until we have our own experiences to sort of challenge you know what we've seen modeled to us and it can be really confronting when we notice that our expectations aren't quite lining up or even to notice that what we've seen and what we've learnt from other relationships is not actually the healthy option or the one that's going to serve us the best. Well, once again, for the last time, thank you so much for joining us, Josie. If you have enjoyed uh, this podcast, you want to find out more about it, you can head to kidshelpline.com.au. Uh, or contact them anytime or for any reason on 1-800-55-1800. You can also hit them up on web chat. Hey, we have reached the end of the entire podcast series, but good news is if you really like the way that we did this, you can actually check out the rest of the Pedestrian Podcast Network. There's plenty of other uh, podcasts to listen to, or you can subscribe uh, to our channels on iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify and where all other good podcasts are heard. Um, That's it. Thanks so much for coming along on this journey into mental health. I'll see you later. If you do want to hear about all the other podcasts that Pedestrian is doing to have the Pedestrian Podcast 
Network. You can get it. You've got to subscribe to it on iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify, or where all other podcasts or the good ones are found.